My name is Stephen Hammond, and you're about to listen to a recording with Diana Jansen and her historic fight against sexual harassment in Canada. This was recorded on April 25, 2011. This is the third and final part of the interview in which Diana reflects on her victory at the Supreme Court of Canada and her heartfelt feelings after all these years. When you heard, um, how, how soon after the decision came down um, that you heard and, and um, what did you think about it? Um, well, I guess I was, I heard fairly quickly hmm. <laughs> and I didn't feel anything really actually at first. It was just taking it in that that it was done. I guess the real the real impact didn't didn't strike me until it was explained to me what this meant for my children, for the neighborhood kids, for you know people who people who were in the same situation that I was in. A lot of people just don't recognize that there was there had to be people who actually took the fight on in the first place. And for you, this was from when you quit your job. This was almost um, this was almost seven years from the time when you quit your job before the Supreme Court finally gave ultimate justice to what actually went on in that uh, in that simple restaurant with a with a you know a young woman just trying to make money for school. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, you, yeah, go ahead. I did, I did what I thought needed to be done, and um, and looking back, maybe there was a little bit more fight in me than I than I thought. And it's nice to have been able to accomplish something like this, or have been a part of it, because I certainly didn't accomplish it alone. I was cradled the whole time by very competent lawyers and the Human Rights Commission and my employer at the time, and. Uh, Surprisingly, there were family and friends who didn't agree with what I was doing or understand it. And a lot of time has gone by. A lot of bridges have been mended since that time. Some not, but um, it took its toll on a lot of levels. And it was it's nice now to know that I'm not a victim. And, and it's nice, I guess, as, as you get more time behind you. <laughs> You, you have more ways of defining yourself. And, and at 21, I was a failure and a victim. And I'm not that anymore. I'm, I'm successful. I achieved something with my life beyond the Supreme Court decision and, and maybe even because of it. Maybe all these things are connected, they say, we're the sum of our experiences. So I'm, I'm not just a victim and a failure. I'm, uh, I, I was at that time, but I've become so much more than that, and, and, I think. Yeah. And, and by the way, when you say that, um, I'm trusting that's that's how you felt. Is that right? Like you were a victim and a failure? Because, of course, I, I mean, I, I know it, it, it almost begs me that I that I feel I need to say, of course you weren't. You know, and, and but that was, that was the feeling at the time. That's what right. I lived with at the time. Even with the reinforcement, the positive reinforcement and the supports, there, there was a, a feeling of aloneness and failure. And uh, if I'd only done things differently, if I, if I hadn't worn that skirt, or if I hadn't smiled that way, or if I hadn't been so trusting, or you know, just something. If I had somehow been, been different, been smarter, none of this would have happened. And, and I did blame myself. Yeah. But, not anymore. What would you have liked from people 
that you cared about when you were going through this? Gosh, that's that's a tough one because um, there were people that I wanted more from, and there were others who who stepped up and were brilliant and and supportive and believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. So I, I guess at any one time you just um, you want it all, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't always you get it. <laughs> You don't always get it, but, um, you know, I had what I needed. Okay. It is, I, I know you talked about you doubted yourself at different times, or you wondered oh, whether yeah. you could have done something different. Were there ever times where you just thought you want to quit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but that, that feeling came and went fairly quickly because once you're knee-deep into it, your name's already attached to it, and may as well go all the way through it. So once the commitment was made, it was I was in for the long haul, and and that was clearly explained. There was no no hidden surprises. I knew right from the start because the Human Rights Commission was very honest that this was going to be a long process. Yeah, but I bet you never expected to go to the Supreme Court of Canada. That I didn't expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting when you say uh, you know that your name was out there because um, the case is, 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 you know, most people know it as the Jansen case. I, I think that does a disservice to Tracy, who who was there every step of the way as well. Right. Um, but having said that, I, I agree with you. The name is attached to the case fairly tightly, and I, um, I, I was not thrilled with that, hmm. but it was it was part of taking a stand. In 1989, not only did the Supreme Court of Canada agree with uh, Mr. Henteleff and his decision and and find in your favor and agree with what you went through was horrendous, but they also put a definition to sexual harassment. But because it was such a liberal interpretation, um, it's grown. It's been great for people to be able to say, hey, look, here's the definition. It's a very liberal one. Knock it off. Or, in fact, we're going to get formal, and I don't think you want it to go that way. And mm-hmm. and, ho- and hopefully that's you know hopefully that made you feel good because I'm sure um, you know at times that you must have been overwhelmed by all that was going on. It was a little overwhelming sometimes. I mean, this was back in the early '80s. There wasn't well, I didn't have call display, and <laughs> I uh, I had a phone number that was easy enough to look up. And funny enough, even with an unlisted number, people still managed to get my my phone number and. Um, was being asked questions in in ways that I, I didn't think were appropriate, uh, being told to stand down from the case, why are you doing this? Uh, and it's like, who are you people, and why are you calling me? And Who, who were they, and why were they calling you? Well, I mean, exactly. without naming names, without naming names, but who would be doing this? Who would be suggesting this? Well, the individual who set me up with uh, with the job in the first place, right. asking me to step down. Wow. Um, my family and friends who thought that it was an inappropriate course of action, people I didn't know <laughs> calling, wow. um, just um, it made me not want to answer the phone oh. and uh, made me actually unplug my phone, which added to uh, a sense of isolation. Huh. But... Um, but that was a long time ago. 
um, certainly now things are different. There, there isn't this. I mean, somebody makes a call, you you know, somebody's dialed your line. Uh, it, it, it's just different. There's there's a certain amount of accountability then. Right. And uh, and I don't know if that diminishes inappropriate calls or or if people still do that. Yeah. Well, thank goodness for call display, huh? Why why speak up now? I mean, you stumbled upon this article that I wrote in, in which I was trying to find Diana um, in the end, and um, a lot of time has gone by. So, you know, I enjoyed the conversation that we had, and you certainly didn't have to do this. Why, uh, why talk now? I turned 50 this year. <laughs> Congratulations. I did that a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh... You know, the start of 2011 was just the start of um, being brave, I guess. You just um, you feel braver when you're older, and there's still still amazes me that there is still lack of awareness of, of, of what an employer's responsibility is to his employees or her employees, and it still amazes me that as smart as young people are, there's still a lot of them that that are going to be walking down the same path I walk down and, and need to make decisions and 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 I have teenage kids they're they're all grown up now but um, they're you know 19 and 17 but um, they've experienced some things that that make me step back and, and say how much have have things really changed is there there's still more to be done and and I, and I figured at the time that I had done my part it was <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're the, the, the lawyers and the Human Rights Commission, that's what they do, and they do it brilliantly, but my little piece of it was, was done. Right. But I, I'm still amazed at, at the judgments on, on why would anyone put up with this? Why, why, do you, why, do, why don't you just quit? And I guess I just want to address that so that people understand that there, there are reasons that we make those decisions. And even if they seem wrong they they are the best decisions we can make at the time and uh and i see my own my own kids making their best decisions and and see their friends making their best decisions and realize things as much as they're different some things are the same and, and uh i guess i'm just uh i just feel like with people like you still educating Employers and educating young people through the, the Human Rights Commission, the, the website that uh, that maybe I could be just a little bit braver and, and step up and let these young people know that e you have other choices. I mean, one of the things that really freaks me out is when I hear people say the words, "I don't have any choice," and there's always a choice, even if you don't see it. Right. There, there is a choice, and just. Um, want them to know they don't have to be afraid whatever choice they make it's going to be the right one for them i, I mean if they're choosing to to quit a job i mean and, and right. that that there are ways to uh to find support to deal with the situation this it's just a different world now than it was was then there the human rights commission is strong rights are, are more widely known it's just i still see some vulnerability in, in these these young people and in some situations and there's a long-winded answer for I chose to be a grown-up and say something. 
But the thing is, the thing is, when you, when you were talking about you know people making choices, is there other advice you could um, you'd suggest? Gosh, uh, don't wanna. Um, there's just so such a huge answer to that. There's so many things that can be done depending on on the workplace. If it is a place where the employer is approachable and is informed, then then that's your. That's your second stop. Your first stop, of course, is to identify that you don't want this to happen and to say so to to the individual who is is putting attention on you that you don't want to make it very clear that I would not like this in, in the workplace. Please stop. Nice. And and so, you know, trust yourself. Say what you need to say. And if the behavior doesn't change, then then escalate it to uh, the employer. Uh, and and make your statement to them and, and let them know what's happening. From there, ideally, that there there should be a positive outcome. It, there, it should be that the behavior is the inappropriate behavior is immediately addressed, and you can go on with with your happy life and and, and just you know do do your job. If that's not the case, yes, there are external resources like the Human Rights Commission, and and certainly my my best advice is to trust yourself. I I think of how much self doubt I had leading to me staying there longer than at this point in my life I think I ever I ever would have um, because I, I felt responsible at the time. I felt that there was something different that I could be doing that somehow I brought this on myself. I guess it's just a victim sort of mindset. And right now, I have to say, Stephen, I, I did get my happily ever after. You know, I, nice. uh, I'm I'm happy, and uh, it was a, a long, long road that took its toll in a, in a lot of ways. But I've been very fortunate along the way. I've made some bad choices for myself. I guess that's all part of life, too. If we make our mistakes, we live with our mistakes, we move on. And But through it all, I still laughed more than I cried, and I made more right choices than bad choices because I think sometimes when we get in a certain mindset, we we think we don't deserve to, to make the good choices. But... Um, it sounds kind of weird, but you know, I can explain it more another time. But <laughs> but the fact is that that I made more good choices than bad, and, and I didn't finish some things I wish I'd finished, and and would like to go back to that. But but more than that, now I I'm I'm finishing a, a course that I'd long wanted to take, and I have a fabulous employer, and and uh, who believes in me, who took me on knowing that I had a lot more to learn but saw potential and uh, I, I feel really lucky I, I, I met a wonderful person I've, I've raised two kids with him it's all good so it was never the end of the road it was just something I had to to finish and then get past and and funny that it you know as much as people give you the pats on the back and tell you that you know it'll get easier with time they never tell you how much time and i, I really thought i was tired of waiting to find out exactly how much time it would take <laughs> which is uh which why which is why i figured 50 was a a good year to start uh, stepping up wonderful 
Well, look, I greatly appreciate that you did. Uh, one of the things that you just mentioned before we finish off, one of the things you mentioned is uh, about the website, and, and I presume you've seen the um, Manitoba Human Rights Commission website for, um, mm -hmm. for students. And it's yeah. one of the things that I had worked with them on, and it's uh, called uh, manitobaclassaction.com. So people go to www.manitobaclassaction.com. Um, they'll find out a lot of things, including um, a brief description of your case. And, um, mm -hmm. and all the different things that happened. So, Diana, I um, greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you finding me and um, uh, consenting to this interview, and I look forward to actually meeting you. Uh, I'm a Winnipegger by birth and uh, will be in Winnipeg shortly, and I, and I certainly look forward to actually meeting you in person. Well, thanks, Stephen. I, I really hope that this helps with... The, the good work that you're doing. Well, I, actually, I think it does. And, um, uh, and, and for fear of it being too soppy, let's be really, really clear that the only good work I get to do is where I get to talk about the people like yourself who stood up, who fought back against all odds, and um, who made uh, Canada a better place. And, and, you know, it's not corny, it's the truth, and, and I say it. And so I just want to thank you very, very much for what you've done. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Stephen Hammond. Thank you for listening to this special and historic recording with Diana Jansen. If you're looking for more interesting information about harassment, discrimination, and the changing face of Canada, please visit my website at www.stephenhammond.ca. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-H-A-M-M-O-N-D dot C-A. There you can get access to other educational resources to help Canadian workplaces and workplace leaders bring about positive change. Thanks again.